to CDs, believe it or not, a CD with a bunch of Childish Gambino songs on it, um, which is what we were listening to when uh, you heard that particular song, which was a uh, just a variation of songs from a bunch of different mixtapes um, of his, and I, I listened to that CD, and I was like, man, this guy's the truth, like, and that that's really all that it took. Um, and from there, I, I, he immediately had my respect as a music artist um, because the proof was in the pudding. He, he was just spitting. And um, that, that lyric that you dropped was just one example of many, many, many metaphors and punchlines that he delivered. Do you have a favorite delivered. line or quote? Um, I would have to, just throughout the podcast, I would have to brainstorm 
Um, but took the G out, your waffle, all you got left is your ego is one. Um, even on that same song, how he ends the whole song is my crew should be canceled, freaks and geeks. Yeah. Um, because Which the TV, the only time he says freaks and geeks. Only time he says freaks, because that TV show freaks and geeks was canceled prematurely in everyone's opinion. Yeah. Uh, sure. really good show that was canceled early. Um, and he kind of really tapped into another side of, of hip hop, which, which was kind of the nerd culture. Mm-hmm. And he just ran with it, and he didn't look back, and he didn't apologize for it, which kind of made him that much more doper. I feel like I mentioned uh, Childish Gambino at one point in another episode, probably the male rappers episode, just because we talked about a variety of people. Um, and for those who don't know, and this is hilarious to me, I didn't believe it when I first heard it, but, and this is a well-known fact for any fan of his, the name Childish Gambino, Childish Gambino came from what, a Wu-Tang Clan Name generator, and I think that that's because I did it. I was like, "There's no way that this man Google Wu Tang Clan name generator, typing his name and then this will pop." But I did it, and that's exactly what popped out. And I think that's the funniest thing ever because that's the randomest. You didn't like create your name doesn't mean anything significant like most rappers' names do. I feel like why his name is so dope is because Gambino is like the name of like a like a like a mob. Family, right? It's like a notorious mob. The Gambino family is like a notorious. Right. It's just notorious. And so, he's childish. I know. I'm just saying, but the name Gambino sticks out because of that. Period. So niggas hear childish Gambino, they just hear Gambino. Even if niggas don't know that that's a notorious mob family, right. it, they it, just it just it has like, that mafia style to yeah, it. It sounds like it, so it's like I'm gonna give him a shot. Then they hear childish Gambino, then they hear his music. Like, this nigga is childish, so, right. it, make, so it makes right. sense. Yeah, it's just it, it was, it, and it's it's so funny on that. It seems so weird, but the stars aligned with that name, yeah. even just childish Gambino. Like it doesn't just fit him as a person, but it fits him as a rapper. It fits him as a rapper, yeah, you know, all together. Because you can you can break down childish Gambino and say childish is silly and humorous, whatever, which he is. Then Gambino right. is a like I keep saying a fucking notorious mob family, right. so they're serious and dark and. So it's a bit of a contradiction. No, it's exactly what he is. It's exactly <laughs> what he is. Yeah. It's, his name is exactly what he is. He's he's funny and humorous, but he's also like dark, dark and serious at the yeah. same time. And I think, and I think, and I want to before I go into the next point. Do you have a line that you just like heard and was like, oh my god? I, I do, but I cannot think of it right now. Okay, well, we'll come back the, to The you. song that it was, I cannot remember as well. Okay, well, yeah, just, by the end of the episode, I will have to give you, like, just my favorite Gambino line. That's perfect. I, and I remember listening, so I got on Gambino, and I was listening to him and wasn't paying attention to him like that, because I never fucking heard of Community. I didn't know, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing about him. And um, I was introduced to Chatter's Gambino rather than Donald Glover. And um, I just was listening to him. I was like, dude, this dude is good. And he said some stuff. So around, I didn't really listen to Cul-de-Sac a lot. Um, I started listening to Camp. That's when I really, 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 I, I listened to it. Camp like, Curtis is studio album, while Cul-de-Sac yeah. is a mixtape? Or yeah. do I have it back? It's like a, it's the same thing. Okay. I mean, yeah, but yeah, Camp, uh, Camp was an album. Cul-de-Sac was considered a mixtape, but it was treated like an album. Um, but... Camp is when I got on them and started listening to them. But before that, I didn't really. I only listened to a few songs. Uh, 
What's the what's the one with the the Adele sample? Uh, do you like? Oh man! And I and I remember talking the song, about that. The the Nathan was calling me, telling me about how good Chadwick Gambino was, and he said a couple bars from that song. And this is the this is the, the bars that made me say I have to look this nigga up right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. He said, "Hobie with glasses, wheezy but geeky." Yeah. And I was done with it. I that said, "Not that it." <laughs> Hold me with glasses, wheezy but geeky. Yeah. That's just hard right there. Girls yeah. in the lobby trying to meet me. It's just, and then he get the saying, "I scared to say." He yeah. just thought he just killing it. He just killing it. So, and as that was fact, the song. That was that, the song right that, there. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. Oh God, I'm I mentioned this in a previous episode before because I remember uh, he references "Do You Like" in the song "Freaks and Geeks." Yeah, he did. Yeah, right before the line that I just said. Right. So, and, that, um, it just brings it all together. It was that it. song. So it was "Do You Like," and it was the um, "All of the Lights" freestyle. That's what locked me in and was like, "Bro, this nigga is not playing." Speaking of freestyles, he did what? Um, what Rosenberg in the morning? Sway in the morning. Sway. He did, he did well, Rosenberg no, he did, too. The one I'm talking about was Rosenberg, which I think that's probably yeah, that's probably my favorite. That's probably one. the best freestyle. But the one with Sway in the morning, he's literally rapping and then he starts talking to Sway directly, and then he goes right back into. And then if you if you if you recognize the 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 references he makes, um, and he was dropping new shit I'm thinking on the toilet, the little the the big girl shitting on the toilet, the yeah. up, he was talking about that. And then there's another one, um, on the Rosenberg, Sacha Gafidi, ha ha ha, you know the the skinny white dude, ha 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 ha. He was talking about that. I it's just that. like bro. How do you even think to reference that in the middle of a freestyle? And this is a freestyle. This is a freestyle because in the Rosenberg freestyle, which is why I like it. He's just that childish. He goes in and then he pauses. He gives his brain some minutes to think. And then he goes right back in for maybe another two and a half, minute and a half, whatever, minute and 45 seconds. So he's really like thinking about what he says before he says it and he makes it work. And I, I don't think too many rappers can do that like off the top of their head. Like they can't, especially if it's that creative or if it's that um, unique to his character. You can't just think of this really clever stuff right off the top of your head in a matter of minutes to be live recorded for a mass audience to hear. You know what I mean? Like that's very, very rare. His mind is just complex. Yeah. You look hey. at something you want to say. No, no, no. He, I mean, just as a, as a rapper, um, I mean, he's dope. He, he really put together... And his early work is really what was very, very impressive. Um, I mean, he was just putting together music um, relentlessly. And he was, I don't know if he had something to prove or he had a chip on his shoulder, but he was quite literally rapping his ass off. I think with that is because, it's because of the fact he started off as a comedian. And most comedians are never taken seriously throughout their entire career. This is... When you think about, and this is a little off topic, when you think about, say, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. he's very, very, there's no comedy in that movie whatsoever. Right. He's taken very, very seriously. Or when you think of Jim Carrey in the number 23, the number 23 is a very dark, twisted, gory, kind of spooky movie, but it's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is a hilarious guy, and he's always been a hilarious guy. So for him to start off as a comedian, you're already going into your career with the mindset of, no one in the room is going to take me seriously. So I have to make them take me seriously. So yeah. when you do music, you have to be a completely different person. So the Childish Gambino, it doesn't just fit his character, like y'all said, but 
it's a literally another persona. So when people think Donna Glover, they think the comedian. But right. when they think Childish Gambino, they think the rapper. So those are literally right. two different people. And even even back to the the name, how the name fits so perfectly for what he was doing and what he was projecting as a comedian turned rapper. This uh this kind of whole awkward black kid persona, but you know I am who I am unapologetically, and I got my name off a of Wu Tang name generator. Even the story of where the name come from fits the name. Like, yeah, where your rapper name come from? Did you get it? You know, ripping running the streets and the nickname. No, I got it off Wu Tang name generate. And like, you know, the history of Wu Tang, you know how big of a cultural impact Wu Tang is. And if you even, even if you look deeper, Wu Tang, they are the original black nerds. Like yeah, they're they just are. super duper hood. Their name is Wu Tang Clan. Like. Right. They they named themselves after Kung Fu movies because RZA and all yeah, of them they love name, Kung Fu movies. Every person's name comes from a, a Kung Fu movie. They renamed their neighborhood Staten Island Shaolin. Shaolin. They renamed their neighborhood Shaolin. after the Kung Fu even, movies. They I were watched watching. an interview, the Breakfast Club interview. Even like this was like a 2017 interview. They still talk in that kung fu. So when you enter that chamber, you know, <laughs> they say they call it. They don't say when you enter that level or when you're on that stage of life or when you're on that party. Like, when chamber. you enter that chamber or when you get out of that or when you in the street life, they don't. You in that chamber, like yeah. This is the thirty six chambers, nigga. You in? So when we think, one so of when them. we think of like a nerd as someone who finds something that they like and love and they kind of obsess over it. And they assimilated to be a part of their culture. Wu Tang was, was like the first black hip hop group to do that Serious to hip-hop. such a degree that it just permeated throughout everything that they did. Yeah. Even even their their sub name Wu Tang Killer Bees, like they they just took it to the next. All of their names, Ghost, believe it or not, Ghostface Killer, Method Man on the Kung Fu movie. All of like and it. <laughs> And they have a Ghostface Killers on, on their, on their story, on their backstory, uh, Ghostface is with his girlfriend, and they're super duper young, and he looks up and he sees that his girlfriend has a uh, like a like a like a mech, like an anime, like Robotech, mm-hmm. a Voltron style action figure. And he picks it up, and he was like, Oh man, where you get this from? And she was like, oh, I got it for my little brother. He was like, oh, can you get me one? Yeah. He is a hardcore (laughs) criminal at this point in his life. He's trying to kill Raekwon. Him and Raekwon are trying to kill each other. Yeah. And he sees an action figure and he's like, can you get me one? Action figure. They're, They're like, they are entrenched in that culture. They love it. And then this is where Childish Gambino gets his name from. Right. It's it's so it it just lines up perfectly like to Destiny. fit him perfectly. It's like Destiny. And his name sounds like a Wu Tang clan member. <laughs> Childish Gambino. Yeah, it does. And this man, Inspector Death, Death, I didn't know this Method about Man. Wu-Tang clan. I really didn't. I had no man, idea. You, they got a show. I knew they were influenced by. Uh, and they got a show on Hulu. They got a show. They got a show on Hulu. They love it to death. 
That's, that's hilarious. Like they will go into Rizzo's house. He's watching the same movies over and over and over again. That's insane. You, uh, Rizzo got an interview with GQ. He tell you the top ten best movies to watch, and he tell you the movies that he has sampled. He sampled audio from. He can tell you every kung fu movie that he sampled audio from. Man. That's dude, dedication. This nigga telling you directors' names and everything. Yeah. Man, I don't know no goddamn directors. Man, he names. go through the man, he go through the his desk. <laughs> and when we say like nerd or geek, like that's those people who just found something that they love that much. They kind of just obsess over it and pull it into their they really taking into their blood. They got a passion for it. And they did that first. And then and kind of childish Gambino or Donald Glover kind of gives off that modern day like quote unquote nerd or geek type flavor or that black nerd type deal so to have gotten his name from a Wu-Tang name generator and it sounds like a Wu-Tang name where it has like that geeky part of childish but that still very hood street part of Gambino right, exactly. it, it just adds up perfectly I mean and he couldn't have he couldn't have picked a better name if he thought of one himself. Which I don't know if that was his intention. Maybe he is very passionate about Wu-Tang Clan to that degree. Or maybe he just thought it would be something silly to do. But I mean No, he said he just heard the name and he liked it. And that was that's what it was. He seems like he's that simple listener. Yeah, that's what it was. He just said, I like the name and that's what it is. But and in the in the as we've been talking, one of my favorite lines that I've got from him. It's from Bonfire. Okay. And um, he said, Butcher and I know it, man. Kill beef, go ham. Oh, yeah. Uh, these rappers are afraid of him because I'm, I'm a beach bitch. Girl, girl in Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man. Because you wouldn't expect him to go in that direction with that. He do stuff like it. And then, and that kind of speaks to his, I'm not even going to say that's a nerd thing because I used to have, you know, Invader Zim paraphernalia. I used to walk around with it. Anybody but, see it? Oh man, I love that show. Like a lot of people know what Invader Zim is, but I think to make a that lot of, reference, it, was yeah, very it's obscure. Tricky. It's still an obscure reference to be like, girl, off of Invader Zim, yeah. who was Invader Zim sidekick. Right. I'm a beast. So he growls, Girl. which is Gur's name. I'm a beast, Miss Gur. And that's just an amazing metaphor punchline. Like, he just brought that together. Perfectly, and that's what I mean when I say bars. Up. Yeah, like man, that boy wordplay is crazy. Can we talk about the song "Bonfire" for a minute because yeah, you showed me the video, and I think you even analyzed it for me. If you want to just briefly run through that music video, because the music video doesn't fit the song; they're like two separate stories. Yeah, but the music video itself, I feel like His, very significant. Okay. <clears throat> this is on a fucking interview. He said, I don't know if he was serious. I don't know if he was joking. He said, original. Well, the, visual, the, the video now, if you YouTube and look at it, it's him uh, just running, trying to warn like some people at a campfire. He's just mm-hmm. trying to warn them about something because he woke up in the middle of the fucking woods. Mm-hmm. And I guess you see somebody running to him or something. He keeps looking, but I, I can't remember if they show what he's looking at. Mm-hmm. And he's just like running. Like a killer walking Yeah, so, it's like, like, he just, so he's like trying to run and, and, uh, and fucking warn the people. But he said originally he wanted to be running from Medea. He wanted Medea. <laughs> he wanted Medea to like Calipari's Medea. He wanted Calipari to dress as Medea and chase and chase him through the woods. So what? That's what he wanted his original okay. video to be. Okay. okay. He was like, but yeah, this probably it probably wasn't gonna ever work. And um, 
It probably wouldn't have did it for me. Probably wouldn't. And then, uh, so that was it. I don't know what his, I don't know what the meaning behind the actual video now is. He said that's what he wanted his original video to be, which is, I don't know. But, um, yeah. So I guess he's trying to stop. I don't know. Well, in his current video, when he wakes up in the woods, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it uh-huh. because when he wakes up in the woods, he has like a noose around his neck. You told me, Reggie, you told you know, me shit, that he, okay, you told me that the kids around the campfire telling a scary story about him. Ah, and he's, he's um, trying to warn them, like you said, about the person who, you know, killed him. killed him in the woods. And then they just keep telling the story over and over again. So he's going to keep reliving, reliving it over and over again. That's what they told me. I'm saying yeah. some cool stuff. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's what you told me the music video was about. And then even still, his character's costume in the video is so Childish Gambino mm-hmm. that comes after a while. That is a very particular phase um, of of his career and of the whole Childish Gambino timeline. So the um, shit in some short short B O O all over I'm me. Just about that. So he says that in a, in a bar, but he also in the same song. Uh, in the same song. Mm-hmm. But later um, because the internet. Childish Gambino goes through a drastic kind of yep. phase. He's going through like an Andy Kaufman type deal. I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know, yeah. What Andy Kaufman is this comedian who, y'all ever seen Man on the Moon when Jim Carrey was in that movie, Man on the Moon? He was portraying Andy Kaufman. Man on the Moon? Yeah, I believe it's called Man on the Moon. I know Kid Cudi had an album called Man. I mean, yeah, of course you know what that is. Okay, so there's a movie where Jim Carrey is playing the actor Andy Kaufman. And I'll just explain this one scene. And he's like, he's talking to like the producer and he's like, the producer's like, in this one part of the show, you're manipulating um, the vertical and the horizontal on a TV set and it's like making the picture all fuzzy and weird. And, you know, Jim Carrey's Andy Kaufman is like, yes, yeah, that's hilarious. He's like, it's not hilarious. It's going to make people get up from their TV set and they're going to think something wrong with the TV set. And then he's like, yeah, Jim Carrey gets up. And he's like, they're going to get up from their TV set and they're going to think something wrong. And they're going to start banging on the side of the TV set and trying to fix it. It's going to be hilarious. And he's like, no one's going to be able to see that. Who is that hilarious to? That's only funny to you. <laughs> Because you know people are getting up, hitting their TV set. That's funny. Like, that's only funny to you. And, like, and, and Andy Kaufman was this, he used to talk, uh, Taxi. You ever, y'all ever see Taxi? Um, Jimmy Fallon Taxi? Shit, man, come on. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was going to Locker from Taxi. Nah. Oh, my God. 
Christopher Lloyd was on a TV show. Um, it's not. It's not. It's from from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So anyway, I start blasting that meme. You ever seen that meme? Yeah. I so anyway, I start blasting. Blasting. Oh shit! I think it was him. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. You could have. You could have said that. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. And uh, let me show y'all a picture from Taxi. And then it was one guy who played a foreign guy. I was like, "Hi, my name is Lapka. I am from Slovakia." And I am over the. That's Andy Kaufman. Okay. Anyway, he's just like he would do things that were funny, like only to him. And he would do stand-up comedy, but the whole time he would like, uh, uh, like. Word he would lip sync um, a Russian play, and no one in the crowd could understand, and they booing and they getting up and leaving. But since he thinks it's hilarious, he's, he's like, "It's com- this is comedy." But um, and that's kind of how because the internet was, it was like this dramatic play acting where Childish Gambino or Donald Glover was playing a character. For like a year. And even in the interviews that he was doing, he was remaining in character. So that's why you see him like uh, wearing those really loose white t-shirts yes. with his baggy pants sitting crisscrossing the yes. And yes. I always thought that was strange. I'm like, why is he sitting like that? And he, he, he always seemed like really that? solemn yeah. and like borderline depression. Yeah. And yes, he was playing a character called The Kid. Okay. And in which it's, it was so much backstory into it that you had to understand that you would be completely lost. But it was, and that's why I try to that's why I try to explain Andy Kaufman to okay, you. Okay, so that's because the, that's it, the reference. It's a it's a reference that you would get if you knew who Andy Kaufman. Was. I'm sorry. That now you saying Travis Gambino's playing this character because it's in, it's inspiring or it's not funny to him because it's not he's not playing a funny character, but. It means something to it's him, like so he's art. Like it's yeah, like yeah. deep art beyond what the, the, the traditional. Which, granted, yeah. I've listened to because of the internet, the album, and there's definitely a humongous shift in character from because of the internet to camp, or right. from camp to because of the internet. Right. Because camp is still very much like this laid-back, geeky, kind of timid, yet he's eager to get out there and, 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 and showcase himself. It's a very much Troy from Community vibe on Kemp. Well, I will say this about Kemp. Kemp very much has a very large chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Kemp from beginning to end, he is very angry at Yeah, Kemp. yeah, because people didn't take him seriously. Because people rapper. didn't take him seriously. And then when I when I first heard Kemp, I was like, damn, he has a lot of pent-up frustration. Yeah. Because if you listen all the way to the end of Kemp, it's called Camp because he thought that he was in, he had an understanding slash relationship with this girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she like betrayed him. That story that he tells at the end. The story that he tells at that the power, end. That power, I'm not mistaken, that's the name of the song, that power, the, the story that he says at the very end of that. Yeah. And he was hurt by that. And he has carried that all this time until he put it into that album. Yeah. And that was like he hadn't released That's a good story. it until I love then. That story, actually. It is a good story. But when I think of Kemp, I think of that story. Okay. Like that's that's what Kemp was about for me. 
And I was like, damn, that's kind of dark. Like, that's kind of, my man was kind of hurt. And so when I think of Childish Gambino, like you were kind of saying, it seems kind of cheerful and happy on the front end, that childish, Mm -hmm. but it is very dark and serious on the back end. And that's that Gambino family. That's like people disappearing and you never seeing them again. It's like, like, it's like, um, his, he has a signature style and it is very much in the same vein of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It is dark comedy. Yeah. It's funny, but it's also very sad and very true. Yeah. And like that, that is kind of his thing. Kemp falls right in place with that. Um, I always but, think of Atlanta as like a live action version of the Boondocks because it talks about real world problems in a very comical way. Yeah. Because the funny thing about it is what makes you want to sit down and watch it, but then when you think about it, it's really like that's the reality. Like yeah. um, the episode where he got arrested and he was in the waiting, waiting to get picked up, and there was a like mentally challenged dude walking around in like a hospital robe. Yeah. He's drinking water out of the toilet, and everyone's <laughs> laughing at him. And the guards are like, oh, don't pay him no money. He's in here every week. And he's just like, why do y'all let him sit in yeah, here every right. week? Somebody like, some help. Yeah, yeah, like, why aren't you? And then when he does something, when the guy does something that's too far, then they tackle him, they rush him to the ground, he's screaming for help, and everyone's just laughing like, no, this guy really needs, like, help. But y'all are just letting him An- do whatever he wants until he hurts himself. Another really, really good episode, and I'm glad that it, I'm glad it was... But I'm glad it happened. No, I'm glad the episode just happened. Okay. And I'm glad that... Um, um, oh, I'm just glad that it happened. Um, the Cat Williams thing. Oh, yeah. I'm glad Cat Williams had that moment. Because uh, he was he was playing himself. Yeah. He, was play, he wasn't playing Uncle Nobody. Oh, no, don't the, the Alligator Man. Yeah, the Alligator okay. Man. And, and I Cat think Cat Williams, Williams is another example of when a comedian is a comedian... Nobody takes them seriously as a person. But that was probably the very first time in Cat Williams' career that he was taken seriously. But he, Cat Williams is taken serious outside of his comedy because he always into some shit. He always like they're trying to. I, I don't know. I'm rocking Cat Williams, so I don't know. But his whole the Alligator Man episode when he was talking to the police, he yeah, has that's... multiple interactions <laughs> with the police. <laughs> He says what's that intro? He says what's real. Is hilarious because <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. Um, what he did just, he say? They knocked on the door and it was like, "We want to step in outside." He was like, "You want me to step out of my house and talk to y'all for no reason?" Oh man, the woman who called the police on him for a minute, for a second, I just have to shout out the genius. Okay. Of Donald Glover. Yeah, he's a man. genius, man. This dude like, hands is down. good, man. Cause you from the rapping to that fucking show Atlanta, <laughs> man. Atlanta is awesome. <laughs> I mean, you can watch Atlanta. You can watch every episode of Atlanta and be like, "Wait, that was a good episode, bro." Atlanta is so good. It's it's it is truly dark humor. Yeah. It's but it's so poignant. It's executed so it's executed perfect. so perfectly. I, the, the episode I thought that you was about to bring up is that Fubu shirt. That episode is fucked up. That man. episode is really, really. That episode is not even funny. 
It it was funny up until it wasn't funny no more, which is actually how life is. Everything is funny until it ain't no more. So when he was panicking, running around, trying like not to get fucked up on in my let nobody find out that his fubu sweater might be fake, it was hilarious. And then when his big cousin when his cousin came in and was like just called the shot and cleared it out for him. When you took that breath, when he took that breath, we took that breath. And it was like, geez, he got good. But then when you find out the other dude kills himself, yeah. it's like, God damn, over a FUBU sweater, a FUBU jersey. Yeah. And then the part that just drives you, drives a nail into your fucking fingers yeah. is when the dude giggles. I look here at Snickles. After that, the teacher says, uh, so and so committed suicide, you hear somebody go, <coughs> like it's funny. Like, like, I didn't funny. hear that. I heard, I remember, oh, I, I remember the episode. that distinctly. Yeah. I remember the episode. I don't remember anybody laughing after yeah, he like, it was naked. one of the main, it was one of the main kids that was like trying to get to the bottom yeah. of who Fubu's jersey yeah. was fake. Which, was as a child in that time period, that matters a lot. But the reason why he killed himself wasn't because. Yeah, she said he had other stuff on her parents were divorced and all that stuff. But yeah. it's just. It's, it's still the fact that the thing that I hate is the little kids snickering, but it's real. It's real life. Yeah. But and that's fucked up. But that's that's really she how little kids. Because then I think they just don't think about. You ain't never gonna see too, this person. They're too young to think like that. Believe it or not, even though some kids do, some kids don't. That's terrible. But that's just terrible, for terrible him thing. to sit down and be like, "All right, this is the direction we're going," and you know yeah. he's he's. Probably only quarterbacking Atlanta. He ain't writing the whole thing from getting the end. Isn't they it probably him got and his brother role. kind of tag team? Yeah, I believe so. But yeah, I'm sure they got like a team of writers. But to, to no, be quarterbacking and directing which direction that, that stuff goes in, he's killing it. The episode with I can't I can't remember the name, but the um the the Michael Jackson style Teddy, character. What is his name? Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins. Theodore Perkins. That was, oh, man. That episode was like a scary movie, honestly. That movie, it, it was. It was suspenseful. You didn't know what was going to happen. You already assumed the worst because here's here's Darius, who's like the comic relief, and he's, he's the real weirdo out of the trio in Atlanta, going to do some very questionable stuff at a far-off part of town by himself. Yeah. And he walks into this guy's house. This guy is pasty, the, like a ghost. Man. And the way he speaks, the way his entire demeanor is just terrifying. I love the fact and that... And you're left alone for several minutes in this humongous house. Yeah. I love the fact that, that Darius is so, like... It's just... It is what it is. Life is life. It's just what it is. And because that, that episode lets you... It, it helps you understand why Darius acts the way he acts. Because he's... It's like... We, they just... We just seeing today what he did today. We don't know what he did yesterday... Or what the, he might get into some shit like that every he's because he's a weird yeah he's a weird person but he's so like just like centered and like I, I'm just so he's he just so he, at peace he's zen like yeah he, he's like enlightened yeah like the troubles of this world don't bother him like, yeah, yeah, yeah he understands it comes it goes but it's gonna be okay by that, tomorrow the episode like, helps you learn that about Darius I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and also just a weird character. The first time that you meet Darius in the first episode, <laughs> in the first episode, he's holding a knife and he has his face covered up with a bandana. And then when Paperboy comes in and introduces him, 
He's just like, oh, you want a cookie? And it's just like, bro, why are you holding? <laughs> why? What are you finna do with this knife? Like, put the knife down. Or and so Darius' character is just. I think he's supposed to be like what everybody wishes they could be, or what everyone expects, because he can get away with doing certain things around his friends. Like you expect that from Darius. But if somebody else did it, you'd look at them like, what are you doing? So I feel like he gets a special pass because he's just that guy. There's even an episode where, it's the episode where he's trying to spend that $100 bill. Mm-hmm. And everywhere he goes, they're like, oh, we don't have change. We can't do this. We can't do that. Or blah, blah, blah. And they're at a nightclub. And he's just getting free bottle service. Like, they're just bringing him drinks. Like, for free. And he's like, man, how can you do that? He was like, what can I say, man? I'm just that guy. Yeah. And he's like, what does that mean? You like, you're just that, that guy. guy. Yeah. You gotta be that guy. So that's who, that's who Darius is. I didn't want to strong too often. And, and uh, another thing about Darius that's hilarious is like I said about Darius. It's that same club episode was when they was in the VIP section. He left and came back and the bodyguard was like, nah, bro, I can't let you in. He didn't get mad. He was like, Man, whatever. They called him. This nigga was at the home, at home playing the game. Like, bro, I didn't want to be the club. No way. That's, that's the zen, though. Yeah. I'm not that's upset about this. It's like, man. Out. man, I was in VIP with the bottle service. Now I'm missing out. He's like, I ain't missing out. I'm going to go, go home. Game. It was great while it lasted. Now I'm going to go He's home. He's a very live in the moment type yeah. of guy. Yeah. And I'm sorry. To go back to the whole Teddy Perkins. After they had that amazing episode. They show up at the Emmy yeah. with yeah. the Teddy Perkins character. And that's scary. who had to be creeping everybody out. I don't care. He's a creepy It's creepy. Yeah, so so Donald Glover played Teddy in the episode. Right. He came, he went somewhere else as Teddy, and then he showed up to an award show yeah. as himself. And then another nigga was Teddy. He he paid somebody else to play Teddy for that night oh, to keep the illusion of Teddy is not him. It's, Teddy Perkins is But if you watch the Teddy Perkins episode, person. you know it's, that. Yeah, it's him. It's, it's clear. And, and see, that, that what you just described, he plays him in an episode, he plays him in life, but then he pays somebody else to play him so he can show up, so they can be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So you can be like, well, Donna Glover can't be Teddy Perkins. Right, because he's right To here. twist your mind. That was the whole thing of because the internet. Yeah. He acts like he is the character from the album. He well, he makes he turns the album into a thing, right. not just a music album from this uh, rapper, but he turns it into the 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 artist who makes the album. He turns that into a character unto itself, mm-hmm. and then for like a year, he embodies that character. He gives him a history. He gives him parents. Like, it, it's very, very, like, deep. He writes a screenplay for Because of the Internet. He releases the album. He releases the screenplay. And I think he even re, re, did, like, a short film. I was just going to say, screenplay. is Guava Island Because of the Internet? No, Guava Island. Is okay, because cause well, the, style, is, uh... the style in the music videos from Because of the Internet fits the exact same style that Guava Island is. This tropical, yeah, but paradise that's, kind of that's thing, something. escapism from whatever society. Mm-hmm. Um, but Guava Island is... It's in between, section. yeah. It's in between Awaken My Love and whatever he's doing after that. That's just, that's just like a... Okay. Just a, something after the whole was just say, Which, by the way, Guava Island is... I don't know if you've seen it. I have not seen it. They told me about it. It's good. Tracy, it's, Tracy Harris told me about it. It's good. It's it's 
kind of like a musical to some degree. It's it's a bit of a and all those little singles he was dropping. It's pretty much a soundtrack for Guava. Which I'm upset because I don't know if either of y'all have heard his most recent album. It doesn't have This Is America on. I feel like This Is America is the single. This album, what is it called? 31520. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I thought going into it that it was just um, I'm sorry. I thought he was done after Awaken My Love. Nah, he dropped the you know how Kendrick dropped the the dated album? It's just dates. All yeah. the songs are just dates. Yeah. That's how it's how that's how But they're all really numbers like except for the first two are titles. So that dated album is not like a real album though. I, I think it's just like unreleased music. Yeah, yeah. that's what Something I was just gonna say. So I that's feel like it's a collaboration of songs yeah, he he made and was like, let's throw it all together and push it out. So, which there's an extended version of Feels Like Summer on there. And there's a song toward the end of it where he's having a dialogue with one of his sons, which I I, I don't even know that he had children up until a couple of months ago. Um, I know he had kids. So, I I, he has two sons, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, one Not of the songs... Vino got two sons? Yes. I didn't know how many... I didn't know <laughs> he has two. the conditions of his kids, but I knew he had kids. Yeah, I didn't so know how many two. or what they were. He has two. I knew, um, I knew they had, like, a biracial daughter, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. Oh, it's, it's two little boys. Um, oh. And so, he's having a dialogue with one of them, and it's pretty... Um, I don't want to say inspirational, but it's it's like... it's It shows the human side of, of musicians, because you see a musician... And you think of them as this like extraordinary person who's like capable of doing extraordinary things, and you forget these people are parents, these people are children of, you know, their sons, their daughters, their um, they have children. You know what I'm saying? So right. it really just shows like how human he is. And then the dialogue with his son is pretty. I don't know how old he is. I'm gonna say maybe four or five, but he's saying some pretty like. Open-minded stuff for a four or five-year-old. Like there's one point where he asked him, like, "Who do you love or what do you love?" And he's just going around naming things. You know, mommy, my brother, you, myself. And then he's like, "Well, those are some really good answers." Then he goes around asking, like, "Do you love yourself? Does mommy love herself?" Like, and it's like you're five years old. Like, yeah, you don't think to ask these questions when you're five years old. So, uh, and that album is pretty twisted. It's not a lot of rapping as much as there's a lot of just weird sounds kind of tossed yeah, together. I think I think after Bomb Fight, after Camp, and then after Because the Internet, I can't remember what came after that. Awaken My Love? Awaken My Love. No, 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 Kawhi, the mixtape. No, okay, Kawhi came out oh, in conjunction yeah, with Stone Mountain. That. Yeah, so Kawhi Stone, Stone Mountain, Mountain. Kawhi. Kawhi was the album he did like Kawhi Stone Mountain. Right. Because he did like a, a mixtape. He was rapping on like uh, a lot of Atlanta music. I feel like Kawhi would probably like, be yeah, Atlanta like a Guava Island thing because that's that's all all of that is is like being on the beach. Kawhi right. was even like a he was even in character mode in that I feel like because he was kind of he was he was gone for starters. Yeah. He's, he keeps he kept referencing he's been to Kawhi. Like on vacation, right? So I think he really was gone, but he come back and he's still like you know how people come back after they come from vacation and right. they still got like the like the little legs on this. He was kind of like in that kind of yeah, that definitely was like, like his spirit. Like I'm just, still on that island. Yeah, I just came back from vacation. Yeah. That's how he was acting, and, and that probably what inspired Guava Island. And yeah. that Stone Mountain was a tribute to Atlanta, which right. we had not really got from him a lot because at first you didn't, you couldn't even tell that he was from Atlanta. Right. 
or from that Georgia Atlanta area um, until you heard it in a few bars. Which you um, from in Atlanta, got no accent, don't know why. Yeah, and um, until you heard stuff like that, otherwise you would never have known. Um, but Stone Mountain was kind of like that Atlanta tribute. I think got songs with like Gucci and everything. Uh-huh. He works with Mountain. a lot of them. Oh, you know what? Actually, something else we forgot about like, the royalty mixtape. I was about to say that. Well, I, I that was really about the time. But it still happened. We that was about the Kawhi yeah. Stone Mountain. It was, no, in between, was, it was in between. Something. Royalty was after camp, but before because the internet. It was only one song in there I, I, that I really liked, and that was uh, the song with. I gotta look it up. I feel like Rosie had too oh, many no. features, and that bothered me. Like it wasn't enough for him. I think that was him. He, everybody else. He was trying to put the team on. With yeah, yeah, that was a, that was like a yeah like a label project. It was just weird. Which some people can make terrific label projects, like like Future can make a good one because he just all his songs just gonna sound good. And then if like Drake make an OVO uh, project, that's gonna sound good because it's fucking Drake. Like people can, some people can just do it, and then some people are like I don't want to hear everybody else. I just want to hear you. That's kind of how the whole like Young Money thing kind of started. Or or if you think about the Odd Future mixtape, they got everybody on it at some point. They're all doing something different. But I don't know. It was just too many of other people. And then Tina Fey was on there just randomly talking. Talking. Shit. It was like, hilarious. She was just like, who are you mad at? You're Tina Fey. Who, who pissed you off? She was bad? just talking like, stuff. I think it was just a flip. Yeah, that's all it was. Because he's, he's, he's like super cool. If Tina like Fey. Tina Fey put Donald Glover on. Tina Fey yeah, and Alley Boy. Brody Rock. On the same song. Oh. What did you find the song? Ah, it's called. Uh, that song with uh, Nipsey on it. He got, um, what the fuck word is it? Uh, Arrangement. That's the name of the song that I fucked with on the album. I, I, mean, I mean, I took the time to listen to it, but it just didn't hit the way that I thought that it would. Well, by the time he gets out of Stone Mountain and starts to get to Awaken My Love, it seems like he's done everything he wants to do mm-hmm. with rap in the traditional sense. And then he really starts to embrace kind of the more singy, uh, just more, more. He, he he starts to step out of that rap zone, and that's I mean when you start to get like Redbone and stuff like that, and it just seems like he's stepping out of the realm of rapping. I feel like this is a frustrating thing to say, but I feel like people didn't acknowledge Childish Gambino until a song like Redbone came out. That's when everybody was like, "That was when." Oh man, you ever heard of Childish Gambino? Right. It's like that was that moment. If that's the case, I that would was, not for his fans who already liked them. That right. was for like the rest of the world. The rest of the world, yeah. correct. So I, don't I, know. I would agree with that. If that that might be when the rest of the world had popped on, but even before, even before Kemp, he had he had probably had like three or four yeah, mixtapes. Because I went back and listened to it. It was Poindexter. It was uh, Weirdo. I'm just or a sicko rapper or something like that. Or something like that. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of them. I went back and listened now, to it. Sicko was the um, Sicko was comedy special. Was, Nah, Weirdo is the comedy special. Sicko uh, is the mixtape that he was rapping on. He was like congested and stuffed up. So his voice, <laughs> so, I'm so serious. His voice sounded like he needed to blow his nose. Like that's what Sicko was. And then I Am Just a Rapper has um, Crown on the Ground on it, mm-hmm. if you know what that is. And then you don't, okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then is Poindexter. Well, I will say everything from... Everything up until because the internet, like if you just 
you can make a greatest hits out of everything up until because the internet, mm -hmm. it's like phenomenal, traditional, underground, hip-hop, just rap. He just spitting them. Like he has something to prove, and it's just, it establishes him as a rapper, undeniable. And then when you get to because the internet, he goes more into that whole rap artist phase, so where he's like more of a, where he is, uh, where he's painting. You know what I mean? When he's using his words to paint a picture, to, to make a... He's using rap as a canvas mm -hmm. to kind of say something bigger than just, I got metaphors and punchlines. Okay. Um, okay. And then when you get to Kawhi Stone Mountain, he's doing a little bit of both. He's kind of just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to Awaken My Love, he kind of he's transitioning out of rap all together into more of just a music artist. I feel like by um, the way, he's his point as a musician. So that's probably why he was saying that he'd be done with the whole right. Childish Gambino persona because by then he'd already proven his point. So with uh, 31520 coming out, like you said, it's probably just unreleased songs that he just had an archive of and was like, let me just go ahead and put these out um, before it gets too late. Do you have a favorite song or a favorite line from Because of that? Because I do. I, I do not have a favorite song or favorite line me. from Because the Internet. My favorite line, which is a very long line, but I recite it every time, like I wrote it myself. It's from, what is it called? Darn it. This, uh, gosh, it's the song with Chance the Rapper. I can't even tell oh, you. Oh, she needed what's the, yes, the, yes. one, the worst guy. The worst guy. That's what mm. it is. So it's in the, toward the end of the first verse, and it's, it's long, so bear with me. He says, I'm something so immaculate. Instead of asking what's happening and rather blasting Jackson 5 in the back of an actor, acting blacker than a Bernie Mac, two Charlie Murphys in eight times. I said, what? Acting blacker than a Bernie Mac, two Charlie Murphys in eight times. What's happening? Ah, the girls that you brought here. Where are they from? Where are they from? We're going to play a place space from. I love that. I love Like as the video was going on, uh, I think it's. I mean, and that's the thing with 
Donald Glover is nothing is happening for no reason. Everything's for a the reason. The teddy bear is aging. And the name of the song is 3005. I'll be right by your side until the year 3005. Oh, so as the, as the teddy bear gets older. And so as time it. passes, I will be here with you. So no matter what happens, I'll be here with okay, you. Okay, so, so with that logic, the, I the, of the, the video is just a teddy bear. He, he's not next to the teddy bear anymore. And the teddy bear is all messed up. So... I don't know. It's not a perfect metaphor. I mean, I know. It's, I get what but you're saying, but... The, the teddy bear of aging represents time passing. Okay. But I'll be here for you no matter how much time That passes. makes sense, I guess. It's actually two videos for 3005. Another one is him, uh, like, video chatting right. with a girl. Yes, I've seen that one a couple of times. And that's like a lyric video. So he's typing the lyrics in right. the chat box while the girl is doing whatever the girl is doing. And um, that... He sees this girl on like a larger movie for 3005. Uh, not 3005, but for that short film he did for Because the Internet. I have to go back and watch this film. Yeah, be, you got to find because and there's a screenplay for it too. I read the screenplay. It's, it's long, but it just reveals a lot. I think I've seen somebody talking about that at some point, but I just, I didn't think it was real. I don't it's know. a lot. It's a lot to read. Uh, you said you have, a, do you have a favorite song from Because the Internet? Or? I like, um... You said Oakland, and then you said... I like Oakland. Uh, like sweatpants. sweatpants. I... And maybe you can help me out. I was on YouTube, but this is a couple years ago. There's a version of sweatpants that has another person's verse on it. It's like a featuring. It's I don't know who one. that person was. Problem. But I can't find it anywhere. And that verse was really, really good. But I, the song doesn't exist. So it maybe it was problem. just... Maybe it was just me, but... It might have been. I don't know. Um... And then when you think about, and I think my biggest thing is comparing projects that an artist has done. So if you're a new fan of Childish Gambino, you listen to Awaken My Love and Because the Internet, but you probably won't think to go for, further back enough to listen to Cold Sack or Camp. And those are two completely different people because those are two completely different time periods in his mm-hmm. life. So things have changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. So when you think about Cold Sack, you think this, this guy who has something to prove, he's very aggressive and he's you know, he wants to make a name for himself. But when you think about, you know, Awaken My Love, this man has already been established, he's well known, right. and he has a name for himself. Right. So now he kind of gets to relax and does what he wants to do right. rather than what the rest of the world wants to see. Right. So I feel like that's the big controversy when it comes to people who are new fans of your favorite artist because they only want to listen to what's happening now and they don't understand what's happened before that led up to that point. And I think that's one of the things that I can appreciate so much about Childish Gambino's music career is that it it kind of, you can watch it evolve um, without the interference of man, yeah. almost. Like, untouched by the hands of man. Yeah. It, it, he's not swayed or influenced by what people think or... What he feels like he has to do to survive. He does what he wants to do or where he feels he needs to be. He's still human. Mm -hmm. He might be dealing with depression or anxiety. And he just comes out in the music. And he goes on with his life. Like, and he just, the music just evolves how it should. I feel. And And like, that's refreshing to see. Yeah. And it just dawned on me, he doesn't do too many features either. Like, he's not really featured. Even when he was at his peak. Career-wise, that 
that's usually when everybody's like, man, let's do a, let's collaborate, let's get together. He hasn't really done that. He did. I think that's because he already doing something. He already working on something. Like, if you watch the Atlanta show, he got so many, like, it's so many people in that show. He had, the, he had an episode with the Migos. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Instagram people on there. It's always like, yeah, Cat Williams on there. It's just always somebody on and the show. And I feel show. like he always gets people who are from Atlanta to be featured in his show. Yeah, like, I know a crazy thing. Now that you just mentioned, when you mentioned he's doing, he doesn't do a lot of features. He's doing Atlanta. He's bringing Migos in. He's bringing these different people and bringing Cat Williams in to be on. Um, Atlanta, because when you're on TV, to bring even to bring a rapper on your TV is a big thing for the rapper because now they they get to be on TV, right? Right, and um, I re- Issa Rae is the one of the biggest things popping right now. Yeah, she's like the the it woman, um, but she used to be on YouTube through Awkward Black Girl, which mm-hmm. I used to watch when it was on YouTube, and as her show was maturing. And was getting close to like the end of its uh, YouTube life as it was getting like close to its final season. Um, she brought Donald Glover onto her YouTube show. I didn't know he that. did a um, a concert, and a guy that Issa was dating, they went to the concert and they met Donald Glover backstage, and they were talking to him, and he was on camera, like just basically featured on an episode. So, I mean, it's just even funny that just how things turn out because, of course, he didn't, he was, he was Childish Gambino then because mm-hmm. she went to a Childish Gambino show. He was an underground artist, but he was still already Donald Glover. He was still already on Community. He was still yeah. already doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. He was still already writing for 30 Rock. He was still already big. He didn't have to go on to a web show. So he was helping her more than So he was helping yeah. her. And that, that was a that was a big thing to go and do, and that was pretty cool. And I mean, you kind of see where the both of them are, and they both are kind of known for putting people on because Issa Rae puts a lot of music artists onto her show. Doesn't and, she um, rap too? She, she raps on like her show. yeah, like jokingly yeah, on her show, not like seriously. And yeah. even then, she says she don't take herself seriously. She just bullshit. But it'd be yeah. it'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. But um, so how Issa Rae did that. Chavis Gambino simply said, thank you, Migos, for putting out Bad and Bougie. And that yeah. shit went through the roof. It did. And now Migos is probably... I mean, they already was big. Yeah. But now they like... Because he was on a, like a world stage when he just like completely shouted them out. And yeah. Like, I mean, because they were, they were getting like buzz. They were trending at one point. Because I, I remember people making fun of them because of was already, the way that they rap. But they didn't really blow up and A lot of people weren't that. taking him them seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like because everybody was trying to it was the whole mumble. Yeah, rap. It was thought it was the whole mumble rap thing, and then when he said that, that mumble rap thing started to go away. Um, just, I mean, just because I think he added validity and credibility yeah. to what they was doing. Like somebody, a, 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 such a great artist calling something else. Oh, that's that's a nice painting right there. Yeah, <laughs> then then niggas start looking at it like. It is pretty it nice, is ain't it? And I, and I think yeah. I think Childish Gambino's career of kind of being that outsider or that uh, that black nerd, and he had to grow that skin of being like, I like what I like. Who cares what you think? Yeah, you know what I mean. He just had to establish that within himself, and that's how he get. That's how he had a music career that was able to develop 
without being touched by the hands of man. Yeah. Um, and there's another artist who I wished career would have did the same thing, and that's Lupe Fiasco. Oh, hands man. down. I, really I have him on my list of artists to talk about. We can talk about him later, because I know you feel some type of way about Lupe Fiasco. One, hands down, one of the greatest of the greatest but I feel like his career was manipulated by the industry or influence. I don't know what it was, but something just went awry. He got away from him, man. It, it, yeah. It completely got away from and, him. And I know, like, one of his parents passed away, which was always tough. You see, yeah. You know, but... Yeah, kind of was. But yeah. still, like, he still was... He still was the, the great... He still was one of the coldest niggas to touch a fucking microphone. Then he just started saying a bunch of random shit. Yeah. This was before I got into like analyzing song lyrics, so I didn't really appreciate Lupe Fiasco's music until way after it was non-existent. I, I'll save it. I will I'll let y'all get into it, or we can get into it for a different podcast. Yeah, we, that's, that's, that's another hour. But Food and Liquor and The Cool. The Hands Down is the greatest two albums. Two best perfect hip-hop albums. It's the two best it's like you never. Nobody will have a, a a good first album, then followed up with a solid sophomore album. Talk about back to back, like boom, Man, boom, killed it with them too. A couple people did it like a name, or maybe I'm just gonna be have a biased opinion about them. But Lupe did it like it was. It's like nah, this shit is hard. Both of these is cold. It's like Good Kid, Mad City, and and it's like that. Yeah, like two good ass albums. So and but I I think. Childish Gambino was able to execute that and even kind of like, okay, I did my rap thing. Now I'm going, now I'm growing to the next or evolving into the next hemisphere. Um, and I'm fine with that. And let, let me just go on and see what that, what else there is yeah. to do. Conquer the next chamber, man. Yeah. Conquer <laughs> the next chamber. But let me ask y'all about this because this is one thing that has not been touched on yet. Okay. That... Donald Glover is responsible for, I think a lot of people be overlooking, one of the most just culturally significant things that has happened in the past 10 years. Which is? The invention of the black Spider-Man. Oh, uh, yeah, for can sure. Can be traced back you know what, to David, Donald Glover. He did it. No, he day, did it. In the just... same day that you let me listen to Freaks and Geeks, you talked to me about that. You told me, oh, there was a big uproar about, you know, Donald Glover playing Spider-Man. And I didn't even pay it any he attention. But it. then he said it again in his stand-up special weirdo. He said, he said it in that. He said it in a song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it the, uh, was it the Do You Like? The Adele song? Yeah. It was, I think it was. Uh, gosh. Fire for Fireman. I can be your hero. That was Spider-Man. The weirdo stand-up special because I think it's just hilarious because he was like half of the world was like Donald for Spider-Man. We're not gonna watch Spider-Man if Donald Glover plays Peter Parker, and the other half was like he's black, kill him. And it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. But now they're oh, and speaking of the black Spider-Man in um, Spider-Man Homecoming or Far From Home, one of those two, he makes a cameo. Yeah, he's in it, and Love he references. Them. No, Donald Glover does. Oh. And he references, he references Miles Morales. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm going to bring it out. Okay, break it down. Let me go back to community. So, there's a new, opening for a new Spider-Man. Yes. Marvel, we're hiring. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> position open. 
Donald Glover is like, Spider-Man's whole body is covered. He could be anybody. Yeah. Right. I could be Spider-Man. They launched the campaign, Donald Glover for Spider-Man. He, he fixed it. He could be Peter Parker easily. Da, 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 da. He is Peter Parker. Community and community, he hops out in a Spider-Man costume in <laughs> Spider-Man pajamas, <laughs> right? A comic book artist, Brian Michael Bendis, is watching Community. <laughs> he sees it. He says, now that's an interesting concept. A black Spider-Man. So, of course, you know about the whole campaign and people hate it and da-da-da-da-da, racist, da-da-da-da-da. But the comic book artist, Brian Michael Bendis, sees it. He says that's an interesting concept. Comic books go in every different direction. There are multiple dimensions, parallel dimensions, so on and so forth. So there is Amazing Spider-Man. That is the primary Spider-Man continuum. Uh But then there's also an Ultimate Spider-Man, which is like an alternate timeline, alternate universe. So they say, Brian Michael Bendis says, well, in the alternate universe of Ultimate Spider-Man, Peter Parker is going to die. And I'm going to take this black and uh, Puerto Rican kid named Miles Morales, and I'm going to have the spider bite him. And he's going to become the new Spider-Man because I saw Donald Glover in that pajama set. So is that how the Miles Morales story... That's how... That's how Miles Morales started. Okay. A comic book artist, a comic book artist, I don't know if he's an artist, but a writer. His name is Brian Michael Bendis. He writes for Marvel. He saw it on TV, and he says, I like that idea, and he wrote Miles Morales based off of Donald Glover, and that's how we got Ultimate Spider-Man. They wrote the comic books. They got it going. Boom, 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 boom. It's rolling. So what's what's Miles Morales? What's his story called? Is it just... Ultimate. He's just Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. So he's ultimate Spider-Man. In his in his universe, Peter Parker has died. That's basically after the into the Spider-Verse. If you haven't seen it, that's what into the No, Spider-Man. I know, okay. So and then he just gets bit by a radioactive spider. Same story, but his powers are a little bit different. So he got like that predator camouflage where he can disappear mm-hmm. and then he can touch you and like electrocute uh, you and something. Basically something like said. it's like a venom strike, like he he poisons you when he touches you. So like he got the same power, but he got a little bit of uh, variation on it. Um, and then something happens in the comic books where the worlds collide. And that's where the Spider-Verse stuff starts. So now you got all these different versions of Spider-Man. You got the original Peter Parkers. You got uh, a different version of Peter Parker. You got Mark Morales. You got um, Gwen Stacy, who is Spider-Woman. You got the, uh, the black and white Spider-Man. It's a bunch of different seen, uh, versions. Of it all I, rolled into one, but it's a really good movie if you haven't seen I seen it. I've seen it about three times. I seen um, um, I seen oh, a I video of Kevin that. Smith talking about the Spider Man movies, mm-hmm. and he said if you go to like Japan and watch Spider Man, Spider Man is on a fucking motorcycle. If you go to like Germany, Spider Man has a gun, and it's just like they switch Spider Man up so much. Yeah. Spider Man is a villain in some countries. <laughs> He's not even a good guy. Yeah. Why the fuck is Spider-Man on a motorcycle? And why does he have, like, so... Yeah, so Spider-Man could literally be anybody. And I think that yeah. was the whole point of the Spider-Verse. But the whole thing, Anybody could be Spider-Man. What's, what's the, like... I don't... To, for Donald Glover, why could he not be Spider-Man? I mean, he could have been, it, it, It's just... I don't know why people went so crazy about it. The voice actor in one of the, like, remakes of the animated series, I believe... He was in it. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Far From Home. 
So Far From Home, Donald Glover is in the movie. He makes a cameo. Uh-huh. And so you've seen um, you've seen Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. So Miles Morales' uncle is a villain called yes. the Prowler. Yes. So Far From Home, that's who Donald Glover is. Yeah. He's the Prowler, yeah. but he's not a villain. He's not a super villain. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, I got a nephew in this neighborhood. You know, da-da-da-da-da. So he, the nephew that he's referencing is, of course, Miles Morales, Miles Morales which actually is... Inspired by him, which is him. And so I'm glad they gave him that. I'm glad they gave him that, though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some sort of acknowledgement right there. No, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, that's it's you're too old. Him. You're too old to play a high school kid, but you can. We still gonna acknowledge we'll that. Acknowledge this. Because of yeah. you, Miles Morales exists in the first place. Right. Which and to be honest, had Into the Spider Verse not been successful, they would have been like, nigga, I'm a fucking face <laughs> with that fucking Spider-Man shit. Not your fault. But since it was, it was more successful than a lot of didn't other hero like movies. Award, didn't it win like an award? Didn't it win like an Avengers? It was like up there with like yeah. Avengers. Like, yeah, it's, it? Yeah, it got, it got a really good reception. And it's a really good movie. Like, yeah. It's, it's really it's well really done. So every, since everything was done good for it, Sway Lee and Post Malone made a little song for it. That's, I feel like that's, that's why key, the theme they song get, why they get the him in Spider-Verse is that and he song. got his own James. Yeah. You see what they do? <laughs> they did not. And just to think, they did, the niggas went crazy when this nigga seen Donald for Spider-Man. Yep. And now everybody's in love with Then they got, got their own shoes and all things. Which are extremely hard to find. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about in reference to Childish Gambino, Donald Glover? Um... Any last, any last minute quotes or anything that you can think of that's just like. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Awaken, my love. Did y'all like that album? We talked about it. We talked about it a little I bit. I like Redbone. I think my favorite song is probably. Yeah. Um, Them, that's a uh, you Me and Your Mama album, is man. probably, which is a horrible name. Cause you you can't, sleeping on an album. You, you can't say Me and Your Mama, but that's probably my favorite uh, song. Be. I might be sleeping then. You need to wake up. Redbone is, of course, good. <laughs> California is good, but it's like real groovy. Terrified. Terrified. He performed that on the Grammy. Terrified is the, amazing. With the little kid who played uh, young Simba in the live action Lion King, which we forgot about the live action Lion King, but. Um, I haven't seen it. I, I, ain't, I ain't seen it either, actually. Yeah. Which is shameful. It's not shameful. Right. Lion King is like one of the first black Disney movies, even though nobody's black. Well, I'll take that back. Everybody's black. black. What's his name? Black. Sarabi's black. What's his name? I guess everybody's black. The dude black who sings for Simba in the original. Oh, Smart uh, guy. Jason Big Weaver. Weaver. Jason, Jason Weaver. Weaver. Yeah. Who is? Why he sang for Simba, but he's not Simba. It's a whole video about he explained that. It's a long story, that. more or less. But the live action version is cool. Um, but but now he, he performed Terrified on the Grammys I don't, with I don't young Simba. And... Uh, and that's another kid that he put on somehow, which is which is amazing. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we close up? Uh, I do not have anything else. Once again, uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, Gambino is just, I mean, like you said, a renaissance man, dope yeah. artist. Uh, he's funny as a stand-up comedian. And um, Atlanta is a great show. And he, he makes good music. So. Right, I appreciate you guys for coming. We have to do this again. This is a very, very good 
conversation. Good. Glad it was good.